Well, today we want to talk about sometimes I miss the big picture. Sometimes I miss the big picture. Uh, it seems that all of us have issues that we need to be dealing with. And this week I have been helping some of the young people I work with online overseas deal with issues of guilt, issues of greed, and issues of anger. And it's interesting to note, guilt says, I owe you. Anger says, you owe me. Greed says, I owe me. And the person whose heart is coated with greed believes he has earned the good things that have come his way. And he's therefore determined to control his possessions. He's determined to control his wealth the way he sees fit, the way he wants to. It's his to use the way he wants to use it. In other words, greedy people have a supersized sense of ownership. But what most greedy people don't know or don't understand is that greed is fueled by fear. And once you peel back all the excuses and the endless but what if scenarios, you discover a heart full of fear. Specifically, a greedy person fears that God either can't or won't take care of him. And then obviously, if God can't, or if God won't take care of him, then who will? Well, he will. So greedy people set out to acquire and maintain everything they need to provide the sense of security that they desire. And as they develop and, and obtain that sense of security, they eventually develop a sense of identity from all that they have accumulated. But like all human appetites, the appetite for financial security can never be fully and finally satisfied. There's never enough. There can always be more. So the acquisition and hoarding and self-indulgence continues. But you may say, aren't there two or three verses in Proverbs that encourage us to prepare for the eventualities of life? Uh, you're right, there are, and there's nothing particularly wrong with acquiring things, right? Right. But therein lies the challenge of identifying this particular enemy of the heart that we're calling greed. The problem of greed seems to be able to camouflage itself as a virtue. Greedy people are often savers, and saving is a virtue. It's a smart thing to do. Greedy people don't want their children to feel the financial burden of caring for them when they're older. And that's certainly a good thing. Nothing wrong with that. So greed seems to be able to camouflage itself as a virtue. So then maybe somehow greed is good. But then again, Jesus had something blunt to say on the topic of greed. Watch out, he said, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Jesus said something very blunt about the topic of greed. Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. And do you want to guess why Jesus began his discourse on greed in Luke 12, verses 15 to 21 with a warning? He knew back then what we are just beginning to discover today, that greed can take up residence in the heart and live there for years undetected. 
that we can be greedy and not know that we are greedy because greed tends to hide behind what we consider to be virtues. The unguarded heart is highly susceptible to this disabilitating disease. It's difficult to diagnose. It's especially difficult to self-diagnose. So let's read the scripture, Luke chapter 12, verses 15 to 21. And Jesus said to them, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable or a story with a spiritual truth, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully, and he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down the, my existing barns, and I will build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And then I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years, so relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared Whose will they be? So the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Let me read it to you in the message version. Speaking to the people, Jesus went on, Take care, protect yourself against the least bit of greed. Life is not defined by what you have, even when you have a lot. Then he told them this story. The farm of a certain rich man produced a terrific crop, and he talked to himself, What can I do? My, barn's, my barn isn't big enough for this harvest. So then he said to himself, Here's what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll gather in all my grain and all my goods, and I'll say to myself, Self, you've done well. You've got it made. Now you can retire. Take it easy and have the time of your life. Just then, God showed up and said, Fool, tonight you die, and your barn full of goods, who gets it? That's what happens when you fill your barn with self and not with God. So Jesus is uncovering for us what fuels all greed. And Jesus is saying to us, life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. But doesn't everybody know that? Do people really believe that their lives are equivalent to what they own? The answer is yes and no. Yes, there are people who believe that your life is pretty much the sum total of what you own. And no, not everyone knows that life is more than what we own and accumulate. And many of us today, even those of us who are believers, are more prone to this belief than we might imagine, thinking that the more we can accumulate, the safer we are, the more secure we are, and the better off we are. So from this early truth, Jesus goes on to tell the parable about a wealthy landowner whose property yielded a much larger crop than he expected or needed. His good fortune has left him with a dilemma. He has no place to store this bountiful harvest. So he thinks, what shall I do? 
I have no place to store my crops. In other words, what am I going to do with all my stuff? The stuff that I have as a result of all my hard work. The landowner has no place to store his crops. That's farmer talk for save. And so what he needs is a place to hoard his reserves. In an agricultural society, it should be immediately obvious that the abundance of this man's harvest had little to do with just his hard work. Farmers are always at the mercy of factors over which they have no control. But this greedy man, or greedy woman, doesn't see the world that way. What comes their way does so because they've earned it. Anyone who is greedy believes that everything they have belongs to them because they have earned it. And since this landowner believes he has earned this abundance, he never considers, never considers the notion that God might have had anything to do with it. And even if he did credit this bounty as God's blessing, it never crosses this landowner's mind that the extra he has been blessed with is intended for anyone's consumption but his own. Clearly God had provided this fellow with extra. The question he should be asking is, Lord, what do you want me to do with the extra? And that's not, But that's not how greedy people think. And to be honest, that's not how I think. What about you? When I come into a little extra, I think, oh, wow, lucky me. And like the landowner in the parable, I can always come up with a plan for the extra. And I generally assume it's meant for me. After all, I earned it, therefore I deserve it. So I store it. Which is exactly what the landowner decides to do. Luke chapter 12, verses 18 and 19. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, larger ones. And there I will restore all my grain and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. Bigger barns. What a great idea. That will solve everything. And I'll be set for life. The landowner in this parable is suffering from what I call BBS, Bigger Barn Syndrome. BBS, Bigger Barn Syndrome, is a malady or a sickness common to those whose hearts are damaged by greed. As I drive to the airport in my city, there are many lines upon lines of rentable storage sheds. You might want to call them sheds, but the Bible would call them a barn. And they are full of stuff that people can't fit in their homes. Junk, mostly. But junk that could have been liquefied when it was worth something. Junk that could have been turned into cash that in turn could have been put to good use on behalf of someone who didn't have enough. But no, these folks decided to rent a bigger barn. You know why? Because someday, one day they might need that stuff. So just in case that they perhaps might need it someday, they decided to save it, to hoard it. And after declaring his intention to build bigger barns or to rent a shed, the landowner offers an explanation as to why he has chosen to pursue this course of action. Keep in mind now, 
Greed is always looking for something good to hide behind so that it looks like a virtue. So, for instance, this man has decided to build bigger barns to secure his future. Now he'll have all his needs for many years to come. Nothing wrong with that. Thanks to disciplined planning and opportunistic saving, his kids won't have to take care of him in his old age. If the story ended there, we might even consider this man a role model. But the story doesn't end there. Nobody's story ends there. While it is true that the landowner planned ahead, he didn't plan far enough ahead. He'd, he was right. He did need to consider his future, but not in the way that he thought. He was presuming on years of life that he didn't have coming to him. And just as he overlooked the God factor when evaluating his good agricultural fortune, the landowner has overlooked the God factor when counting how many years he has left, how much time he has left on the planet. The rich landowner assumed that his abundance of stuff assured him an abundance of time. But the two don't have anything to do with each other. The very day the landowner made the decision to keep everything he'd earned, he lost it. Or maybe it would be more accurate to say it lost him. Just after this man gets off the phone with the barn renovation experts, he receives some shocking news. The news was that he'll die sometime in the night. He's about to learn the hard way that his life is not equivalent to the amount of his possessions. He's about to run out of time before he runs out of stuff. As it turns out, the landowner is more dependent on God than he realized, for he is entirely reliant on God for his allotment of time on this earth. And it's too bad he didn't see that he was equally dependent on God for his allotment of stuff. When God delivers the bad news, he asks the landowner a question that's loaded with implications for each one of us. In Luke twelve twenty. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? Or as the message version said it, just then God showed up and said, Fool, tonight you die, and your barn full of goods, who gets it? The answer to the question should be obvious. Someone else gets it. Someone else will end up with everything he has earned. Someone else will get, get end up with everything he's earned and consequently deserved and therefore stored up. Someone else will end up with the very stuff he has hoarded for himself instead of depending on God's provision. In the end, all his possessions will be distributed to others, not because he's generous, but because he's dead. The parable of the rich fool, the big barn syndrome, directs our attention to an obvious but often overlooked reality. Eventually, everything we claim to own will be owned by someone else. In the end, it will all be given away. So to assume that everything that comes our way is for our own consumption is short-sighted and foolish. It's not a matter of if someone will get it, it's just a matter of when and how someone will get it. 
Either we'll give it away while we still have time, or it will be taken away when our time runs out. Jesus closes this parable with a stern warning. So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Luke 12, 21. Or in the message version, that's what happens when you fill your barn with self and not with God. That's Jesus' definition of a greedy person. Someone who accumulates and fills their barn with self and not with God. A person who stores up things for himself but isn't rich towards God, a greedy person. By the way, being rich towards God is Jesus' talk for being generous towards those in need. A greedy person then, according to Jesus, is a man or a woman who saved carefully and gives sparingly. And what is the warning Jesus is trying to convey? What is he saying will happen to you and me if we are generous savers but not generous givers? He's not warning us that death will happen. I don't, that's pretty much a given. He's not warning us that unexpected death will happen. I know a few generous people who die unexpectedly. Conversely, there are very many old greedy people to the chagrin and dismay of the greedy relatives. They just keep right on living. The real moral of the story, of the parable that Jesus is telling, what Jesus is attempting to teach us is those whose eagerness to store up material goods outpaces their willingness to give will suffer a complete and total loss when their time runs out. Jesus is trying to say, that those whose eagerness to store up material goods outpaces their willingness to give will suffer a complete and total loss when their time runs out. The landowner suffered a total reversal of fortune at death. He lost everything in this life and had nothing to show for it in the next life. He didn't just lose his life. He lost everything he considered life. He was rich in this world but poor towards God because everything that came his way was used for his private consumption. In the words of Jesus, he was a fool. A fool that most of us would have envied had we known him. A fool that many of us have a tendency to emulate, but a fool just the same. The landowner was foolish enough to believe that an abundance of stuff meant an abundance of time. The landowner was foolish enough to believe that an abundance of stuff meant an abundance of life. He was a fool to assume that his good fortune was the direct result of his hard work. He was a fool not to give to the less fortunate from his abundance, knowing that the day would come when everything would be taken from him, including any further opportunity to be generous. The parable of the rich fool the big barn syndrome does two important things for us. One, it defines greed from God's perspective. And two, it offers a simple remedy. The problem with God's definition is it's a bit broader than most of us are comfortable with. And the problem with God's solution is that it's unavoidably practical 
because it means giving away things that we think we deserve to have, to own, to use, and to keep. Simply stated, the solution to greed is a habit. The habit of being grateful, the habit of acknowledging that what we have, all that we have, is a gift from God, the habit of understanding that we're simply managing God's position, possessions, we are good stewards of his wealth, the habit of being not just grateful, but generous, and that habit has the power to free our greed-ridden hearts. So like the rich landowner, all of us should consider ourselves as not having all of that we have because of our own hard work and our own ability to save and to accumulate, but that we should recognize the hand of God, the blessing of God, and know that everything we have because he is Lord and we made him Lord, that he owns everything and that we are just managing it or being good stewards of it upon this earth. And remember that when you die, and you and I have no idea what the day that will be, how long we have left on the earth, everything will be given away. And maybe now is a good time, while we still enjoy life, that we can bless others by giving some of it away ahead of that day.